Welcome back, Seaweed Brain listeners, to another episode about the Chalice of the Gods. We are on chapter 17 today, welcoming back a returning guest, so stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Hi, everybody. Hi, Carter. Good morning. Hi. Hi, everyone. Sleepy Carter vibes this morning. Uh, (laughs) And we are welcoming back Thomas all the way from Germany. Hi, Thomas. Hi. So for me, it's not morning, it's evening, but I'm also sleepy. It's right after (laughs) school, right? Yes, right after school. Tuesdays are always extra long. Are you in your last year before university? Yes. And I got my university place secured. <gasps> wow, congratulations! Thank you. So yeah, now I'm, I know where I'm studying. Oh my gosh, so you're one step after Percy, basically, in this book. Yes, but <laughs> I didn't need to get three college recommendation letters from gods. <laughs> Did you have to do any rec letters? Not at all. I just wrote my application and then I was invited to a personal meeting and then a week after that I got reply that I got the place. That's great. Um and how was your school day today? Um very <laughs> nice. Doing a lot of activities throughout the school day so I have a lot of not only um school but al- also a lot of clubs and today I had my own book club that I myself lead and after that my climbing lesson. Oh. Like indoor rock climbing? Indoor rock climbing in the school. It's a club. Yes. Do you boulder or do you top rope? Both. That's there awesome. There is a boulder segment and there's a top rope segment. So basically you can do both, whatever you like. I'm so jealous of your life, Thomas. I want to go to book club and then I want to go to climbing club. What was book club today? Yeah. What are you guys reading? Different things. So I introduced them to Percy Jackson because they didn't know any. What a scandal. (laughs) (laughs) At the moment, we just exchange what our most favorite books are. Oh, that's wonderful. I hear that you have been enjoying The Chalice of the Gods. You finished it. I finished it very quickly. I had read it in like one sitting of two hours, maybe. I know I spammed you full with um, pictures out of it, like with quotes. I'm sorry, Erica. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I always love the enthusiasm. It's so great to be in his head again, to be in his perspective yeah. again. And it's the first Percy Jackson book in his perspective that I read in English because all of the other books um, of Percy Jackson I read in German only. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so fun. Do you find that the humor, like, does he feel like the same character post-translation? Well, they try very much, um, mostly to keep it in um, the sassy things, the the fun bits. Um, (laughs) Mostly it works, but sometimes, sometimes an inside joke gets lost. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so exciting to read it now in uh, Rick's Rick's original English. Yes. Okay, we have one thematic question for you before we dive into our chapters today, which is, since this is the beverage book, um, what's <laughs> your ideal beverage? What would the Chalice of Thomas dispense? <laughs> well, that's a very difficult question. Normally, throughout the day, I just drink water. Um, but um, Water's health, important. Healthy. Um, but refreshing... <laughs> is apple juice with um, sparkling water. So like <laughs> it's two thirds sparkling water and one third apple juice. Also pretty healthy, I feel like. <laughs> oh my God, that's lovely. I love that. Also very fall, very fall-like little mm -hmm. apple juice. All right. That being said, let's talk about some beverages. We got a little deus ex beverage today uh, coming. <laughs> or should it be beverage ex machina? I, I think the first makes more sense, but that perhaps... Perhaps neither. Oh, um, Carter said to shut up, America. <laughs> Where did we last leave off, Carter? We last left off near the headwaters of the River Ellison after Annabeth pushed Percy in. We are like halfway through the plan at this point to clean Iris's staff and return it to her to get um, our information to secure the wreck letters. So Percy's just fallen in to the water. Because it's Annabeth cold. pushed him. Because mm -hmm. Annabeth pushed him. Yes. Should we read? I think we need to yes. read. Yes. He says something very beautiful. Find someone who loves you the way my girlfriend pushes me off a cliff. Without hesitation, with full confidence in your abilities, with the rock-steady belief that your relationship can handle it, and with complete faith that when you come out of the water, assuming you survive, you will totally forgive them for the push. Almost certainly forgive them. Probably. That's the perfect sentence uh, right there. That's delightful. And very Percy-like. Classic. Yes, we love our Annabeth. <laughs> we literally love Annabeth. Of course she's going to push her boyfriend off the cliff. Of course she's going to judo flip him the minute she is reunited with him. Exactly, exactly. Yes. My favorite part about this section with Ellison, the titular man bun of doom, is the like sarcasm fight component yes. of this chapter. That's so great. Like the first two, Hebe and Iris, he tried to use sarcasm against them, but it didn't work. They didn't understand it. And now Allison is attacking Percy with sarcasm and Percy says something along the lines, oh God, now I don't have any sarcasm left for him. Yeah, he says this is the bottom of 131. It's bad enough I'm being daylighted, Ellison grumbled. My water quality has turned abysmal downstream. Now you want me to pollute my last pristine pool because you need some stick cleaned? It's Iris's staff if that helps. Oh, well in that case, you're going to shut me down with sarcasm again, aren't you? So you're not a complete idiot. Ellison smiled. That was sarcasm, by the way. Just my luck. I'd brought sincerity to a sarcasm fight. I guess Iris and Hebe had dulled my natural defenses. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm like, every other paragraph is this like delightful Persebeth moment. And I'm like, I just want to read every single time that they make eye contact and like yes. they share a silent <laughs> message. But sadly, if you read all of that, um, the podcast would be five hours long. It would just be an audiobook. Yes. <laughs> that's true she was still giving me that look of alarm i knew well percy don't you die <laughs> the other impressive part of this chapter is how much rick Ryden apparently knows about american yoga class culture uh, <laughs> i really found his statements and and, and um characterizations of ellison the the vinyasa flow yoga teacher 
accurate. Like even calling it like a vinyasa flow, that was very specific. And that is the oh. kind of yoga that is predominantly taught in America. So there you go. It was also just the, the like the whale yoga joke, because I don't know if you guys have heard of goat yoga or like puppy yoga. It's this weird hipster fusion thing where you try to do yoga poses, but you have like baby goats jumping on top of you. Oh, yes, yes, so yes, whole, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, the gag about like you could do whale yoga down in my father's palace. That was a very specific bit that Rick did. Wow, I, I had no idea that that was what that was implying. Do you think the whales would be on you as you're doing the, the yoga? The joke is just that like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you just want to be doing yoga next to whales? Um. What's the purpose? <laughs> I was going to ask you, Thomas, and you know, we just had that little brief conversation about the translation. Do you, as a young person who has read these books, feel that <laughs> Percy Jackson taught you sarcasm or like greatly influenced your personality in a sarcastic way? I think so, yes. Also in German, these books are very, very sarcastic. So you definitely read this tone out of the books and it taught me many things. Also how to detect sarcasm. I wasn't um, always very good to detect it. For sure, how to pick up on it. Okay, Carter, do you want to run through the plot mechanics since I just kind of breezed into those those points there? <laughs> I mean, basically the whole chapter is a conversation between Percy and Ellison in which Ellison is upset and doesn't want Percy to succeed because his success in this case means getting the river dirty. And as you remember, it's already very polluted. There's very little clean water left in this magical purifying river. And Percy tries a bunch of tactics. He tries to offer cleaning services. He tries to offer gifts in exchange. He tries to say, oh, you know, you're so powerful. It doesn't make a difference to you. Like, it'll be fast. He basically tries everything. And instead, he's like, oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. What, like, won't Annabeth do? Like, I don't, this man is responding to nothing. <laughs> WWAD, what would Annabeth yes. do? <laughs> Meanwhile, and she's like up on top of the cliff edge, like tapping her watch and like staring yeah. at Percy. She's testing him. Yeah, yes, nothing is working. That's an Athena way to do something. Staring at someone else to look if they figure it out. It's an experiment. Does he get it or doesn't he? I agree. It's because like, we find out shortly, like she has a whole plan, you know, she knows what's going on and like she has a backup plan and everything. But it's like she's testing Percy, like giving him a little experimental quiz to see if he can get out of this on his own while she's watching. <laughs> Annabeth has also always 10 to 20 plans in her back up so it's not Absolutely. a big deal and then yeah ellison's pissed right and he decides yes. that he's going to drown the son of poseidon yeah he's gonna have fun trying to figure out what it'll take to drown percy and Good luck. We, yeah <laughs> we get an old school moment here that it is tying into a lot of the recurring themes that we've seen throughout all of percy's different adventures challenges in this book where he basically says like it brings him back to childhood when Ellison is trying to drown him he's like I felt like an eight-year-old kid who would just like get a little upset and then something would explode yeah and oh. that's basically what happens should we read a little I, I think that's such a beautiful inner monologue yes at the start of chapter 18 Annabeth conquers all with herbal tea I wished Ellison would make up his mind throw me out of the water drag me into the water pummel me with sarcasm there were so many interesting ways to kill me he couldn't decide to be clear, I'm not an easy person to drown, but when there's a river god tossing me around at the bottom of his grotto, flushing gunk through my nostrils and mouth, it's like trying to breathe in a sandstorm. I was blind and disoriented, slamming into rocks and unable to concentrate. And that made me angry. Demigod powers can be weird. Back when I was 10 or 11, things just happened, and I didn't understand why. Fountains would come alive, toilets would explode, controlling water was something I did instinctively, only when I was scared or angry. 
kind of like the Hulk, except with plumbing. As I've grown older, I've learned to control my powers more or less. And now I can make your lawn sprinklers explode on command. I rent myself out for kids' birthday parties. Call me. <laughs> but despite my better control, there are still moments when my powers get away from me. It's kind of like if you think, oh, I'm too mature to cry like a little kid. And then you see a movie about a cute puppy that gets lost. You start bawling. Or you think you've got your temper under control. Then you get a bad grade and throw a world-class tantrum so your skateboard ends up sticking out of your bedroom wall and paling your favorite Jimi Hendrix poster. These are purely hypothetical examples, of course. Anyway, that's what happened at the bottom of Ellison's pool. As I was tossed around, flipped and pummeled like laundry on a heavy-duty cycle, my control crumbled. I was a scared kid again, screaming for the big bad world to leave me alone. My rage exploded. And when I said, I swear to God, we had a seaweed brain episode called My Rage Exploded, I had to go back and like be like, who said that line? And it wasn't Percy, it was Nico. It was Nico <laughs> in The Blood of Olympus before he murders Bryce Lawrence. Yes, and that was very powerful. And he and Percy explodes a whole whole river. That's also very, very powerful. And I can't believe that that's how far we've come from part one from the lightning thief where he could a little bit control the water and got healed by the water um, up until now where he can blow up full rivers. And that's a really great power arc. It is, and it's so special to see that, like, even though Percy has gotten older and we're talking about all these ways in which he's matured and grown, like, there are still moments where you kind of lose it, and that's okay. Like, it happens to Percy Jackson, too. I also thought, interesting, that Percy quotes Nico, you know, like, he references his own past with the fountain and the mm -hmm. toilets, but then Percy quoting Nico, allow me to pitch a totally flimsy, not at all worth it theory that if Percy is writing these books, like he, we found out that he is, he's like typing mm -hmm. them up. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. What if Percy also wrote the Heroes of Olympus series that like he was the one who was doing the narrative, mm -hmm. he was writing, because like how else would he reference a line that was written yes. previously okay. from Nico's yes. perspective? That's a great theory. So you mean he got the story from all of them? They all told him what they experienced. And so he wrote it all down, but wanted to make it seem like um, it's an overtopped narrator. So um, he wrote himself too in that narration. Yeah, and maybe we blame... Carter is not buying this at all. But if Percy we could blame... have just read the books. <laughs> That's true. Also, Percy could have read the books from Rick Ryder and the Camp Half-Blood Scribe or whatever he self-described himself as in that companion that he book. Yes. Himself as before. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So we're thinking Percy read the books and then he's referencing Nico. I feel like the books probably exist as maybe like a resource for new campers in a place that therefore all the campers would probably be able to access them. Yeah. In like future house. generations, like maybe, maybe they rebuilt the attic because the attic there was the oracle and now there's nothing. But maybe they rebuilt it into a giant library where they stock all of Rick's books. Whoa. <laughs> or there's like a dusty, like the entire attic is empty, but there's like a dusty pile of books that is the Heroes of Olympus. It's true because I feel like camp half, like, like future generations of campers would need to know the story of the seven. And like the time mm -hmm. that they defeated Gaia. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, ooh. I will also note really quickly that Percy, in this set of chapters, for the first time ever, basically, he is giving us musical preferences. And they are the musical preferences of, say it with me, um, a 60-year-old man. I, I really, I, I think it's so fun that Rick kind of just decided, fuck it. 
Well, Percy exists out of time. Percy will like whatever music I like. End of discussion. Good enough. Percy references a Jimi Hendrix poster on his bedroom wall. Percy, a teenager in the year 2023, allegedly, kind of, maybe, depending on how you parameterize it, referencing the Jimi Hendrix poster on his bedroom wall. I Why think that continues not? to track for Percy, him. a child who cannot sing and does not know anything about music, but does have a Jimi Hendrix poster on his wall. In it's right next to the, the Fallout Boy poster. <laughs> it's right next to the Fallout Boy poster. Yeah, this is re- yeah. It, I guess this is a reminder to to all of us as readers that all all the Percy Fallout Boy stuff. It, like Rick Riordan has no idea who Fallout Boy is. That is not. <laughs> I don't know, but he knows what a Vinyasa Flow yoga class is. I don't think we ever know what he does and doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's time for Annabeth Anchor to the mortal world. It's time. Yeah. It is. Again and again and again. Would someone like to read that one paragraph at the bottom of 137 onto 138? I was trembling, strung out, and terrified by what I'd done. I don't know how long it took me to regain my senses. Seconds? Minutes? As the silt cleared, I looked up and had one clear thought. Annabeth. If I had accidentally washed her into the Atlantic, I would never forgive myself. I shot to the surface. I shouldn't have worried. On the ledge above, Annabeth sat with her ankles crossed, talking calmly with a very rattled Ellison. The river god leaned against her like a shell-shocked refugee, shivering and completely coated with river silt. His man-bun had come unraveled, so his hair looked like a dying yucca plant. I I had no idea, he said, sniffling. There, there, Annabeth put her arm around his shoulders. It's okay. He can be scary when he gets worked up. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Aww, Annabeth. This is in itself, of course, a callback, and not the first time that Annabeth has tethered him to his humanity in the middle of a river in which things were going awry. But not just, I think that obviously the river sticks is like the the main thought, but then there's also the, was it the Kakaitis in House yes. of Hades when they first land in the river together and they like find each other um, to pull each other out. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times I feel like when Percy has gone like almost to the brink of losing himself and his powers and his like godly wrath that Annabeth um, pulls him back. Mm-hmm. Just I feel like this is also a light throwback to the Mark of Athena. Which we got from Annabeth's perspective in the moment where she threw her dagger over and got Percy to, like, appear with the gigantic yes. storm temporarily and be like, you drop this. Yeah. That's probably how she is experiencing this. She also is like, oh. You drop Percy, this. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to do something real quick. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll, I'll take back over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the yeah, the teamwork, the, like, tag teaming. And the, he can be scary when he gets worked up. Annabeth is the only one who saw him with Oculus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? it's a thing he can be scary when he gets worked up um, I would be too um, if my social battery runs low um, I can be very angry sometimes so I can understand <laughs> Percy here completely 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 I always love the side characterizations and I feel like the fandom is really aware of this that like actually like we see Percy as he is in his head but probably most of the other demigods are really scared of him <laughs> yes. You see that in the other chapters in Heroes of Olympus, um, in his chapters, it's always like, so I did blow up the river. I battled the sea kraken with giant water fists. And in the other things, it's just like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Annabeth, she brought that thermos, that unidentified thermos to the quest. And now we find out what was in it. Not nectar, not anything else, but a, a, a beverage that is going to save the day. It is a rose hip chamomile blend i thought this was great like the thematically the beverage came to save the day um (laughs) yes before that i would like to just this tiny 
teeny tiny thing, um, which is very sassy and very Percy-like. Um, it's on page 139. I had apparently given the River Allison my super deluxe Poseidon wash package, complete with triple foam conditioner, undercarriage thrust protection, and extreme shine wax. Like Alice, like Allison's river is a car or something. I found it very funny. I laughed. <laughs> yeah, it's a great characterization of the river. That that's the plot mechanic. In case we we have lost the thread, like Percy's explosion did also clean the river in um a moment that you might like. Everything is basically a the callback stables? in the book. The stables. The stables. That's is, what I thought yeah, of yeah. too. <laughs> Another yes. moment where he almost like gives himself like an injury, like exploding water into the air to clean something up. Yes. Which in itself was a reference back to Hercules. Hercules. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. One of his 12 labors. Everything's connected. <laughs> there is no new story. It really is so relaxing to have Annabeth around. I can't stop thinking that while reading this book. It's just so nice to have her. The fact that she used context from Iris, like whatever we were given from her that he's like a yoga teacher, she was like, oh, he's a yoga teacher. He might like herbal tea. Let me just go ahead and brew some herbal tea and bring it with us. Like she had to plan in advance for that. She bought snake treats because she knew that there would probably be snakes here bathing in the river. She went Mm -hmm. all the way to a pet store and talked with the person who was working there, like buy the snake trees. And this is none, none of this we get to see. It's just what she does when she has the time. And the wherewithal to prepare hours in advance. Relaxed quest. (laughs) When she has the time. It always makes me think about how, like, she's such a great leader. And when Percy came to camp, showed up when he was 12 and they were both 12. And he got to lead a quest after she had been begging to lead one for, like, five years. God, I would have been so mad I would have killed him. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't kill the one who lets you on a quest. Would you? Yeah, I would have killed Chiron, and then I would have killed Percy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so we've handled things with the river god, but now we have to escape. And as you might remember, Grover this whole time has been serving as the snake distraction, and that's bad. Fixing things with the river god doesn't actually save Grover, so we have to go get Grover and escape without getting killed by the snakes. And so that's the next chapter. (laughs) And without hurting the snakes, because I was sad... Cruelty-free quest. Cruelty-free quest. Cruelty-free quest. Let's take a little break here and then come back to rescue Grover. Okay, chapter 19, I taste the rainbow, and it's pretty nasty. What's going on here? Okay, first of all, this does happen several times. I have to point it out again. Percy now has very strong opinions about music in a (laughs) frequency and a fervor in which we have not seen before. Very quickly, he's like complaining about the fact that Grover's playing the YMCA. Uh, as a way i cannot abide by this one rick are you trying to tell us that percy hates the song ymca by the village people are you trying to canonize percy being homophobic that's not so So i might be dumb but i don't know what the ymca is i heard the song i like the song but i don't know what it is is it like a youth organization or yes ymca stands for young men's christian association it is like a non-profit in america that has its roots kind of in the church but basically it's a place where people go to like it's like they do like semi-public pools and like gyms, gyms. and you some people like stay there overnight and they have like boarding houses in some locations it's where I, I think a lot of people in Hawaii team. learn how to swim there. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people probably in a lot of parts of America learn how to swim there because in America, we don't have, really have public pools because it's an artifact of segregation policies where the federal government said, if you had to have a public pool, you had to let people of all races be there. And people were like, that's not respectfully 
no, that's not okay. And then they closed the public pools and then there were YMCAs being like, there, there's like a pseudo public pool. Anyway, that's what YMCA is. But then there's is. also the song, the song about it. Okay. Is like by four gay men in the like 70s, I think, right? 70s, 80s, 70s. The band is called The Village People and they're like all dressed up as different like tradespeople. Like one of them is like a handyman. One of them is a policeman. One of them is... Like, not a trade, but, like, I believe one of them is dressed up in, like, a generic, like, Native American costume. Air I'm quotes. Doing air quotes. It was 1978. And, yeah, the song is fun and campy. I think 80% it is, like, a generic invitation to somebody to go have fun in a way that is a little bit, like, bizarre and campy. And a little bit, like, oh, gay? It is gay. Gay? Uh, <laughs> I think that YMCA is a classic karaoke song. Um, opener, closer, intermission, like get the group all engaged type of song. So I do yes. think that this is in line with the karaoke slander. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it has a dance to it. Yeah. That everyone can do, even yes. white people. Where you like just make your hands form yes. the letters YMCA. Yes. <laughs> but you could do it at a wedding and everybody feels included. Yeah. <laughs> all this to say, maybe this will be the Spotify poll question this week. Do you actually think Percy? doesn't like YMCA or are we going to erase that from the canon? Yeah, I think that might be <laughs> some white out maybe. Um, some white out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so the the plan for this section is that Percy is now the distraction. Annabeth is going to go whip out her cap, which we haven't seen in a while. In this book so far, we have basically like no no one has used any um like magic up until this point. And so now we have to catch back up. We have we have Percy exploding the river, we have Annabeth bringing the invisibility hat. She's going to go get Grover while Percy has has the treats and the staff and like lures the lures the snakes away, allowing them to escape. And also figures out the magic mm-hmm. of the staff somehow. She tells him he needs to skip through the fields, but then he finds out that he can just run. Yeah, the best part is that he believes her because <laughs> can't you just hear Annabeth's inner monologue being like, I can tell this stupid idiot to do anything <laughs> and he will do it because he knows I'm smarter than him. So let me just tell him to do stuff all the time, even though he doesn't have to do it. That's so Percibeth. Um, Like, it's a perfect dynamic. Like here on page 145, being a good soldier, I did what she told me. Classic. Okay. Literally. Um, If she would jump off a bridge, he would jump too. Exactly. And the best part too is that she says this to him and he's like, she looked like she was laughing. Why was she laughing? And then he starts (laughs) skipping and then he's like, oh, this is stupid. (laughs) <laughs> he's very gullible when it comes to Annabeth I guess uh, as I would be too if she told me to do something I would do it I'd be like you're right you're right sister yeah <laughs> absolutely the, the staff shoots out a rainbow that is what the title comes from the rainbow is the distraction it is I guess I guess he can't be that homophobic because he is a one person rainbow, rainbow parade, parade. <laughs> um, yes double um, rainbow all the way across the sky i don't believe that percy would be homophobic um there are so many people in camp being yes. gay of by... course not actually percy's not actually canonically homophobic but like He's no, I don't, he isn't but like there are some moments where like you can imagine everyone else would have to tell him that he's being homophobic for saying something like stop playing the ymca yeah you know? my, my favorite <laughs> Percy Jackson fandom meme of all time. Okay, that's a lie. My first favorite is Persassi, you know, the stick figure drawing. My yes. second, 
deal with it. My second favorite <laughs> Percy Jackson fandom meme ever is an image of the opening page, the opening lines of The Lightning Thief and someone whites out Half-Blood with bisexual. Someone <laughs> says, look, I didn't want to be a bisexual. <laughs> and they were like, look, it's canon. Um, <laughs> white out. White out. <laughs> wow. This is a huge tangent, but it only takes 30 seconds. Do you remember the rainbow belongs to God? <laughs> Yes, I was also going to say Nyan Cat is what I was visualizing. <gasps> <here>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's dating us. Thomas, do you know Nyan Cat? I was going to say, I don't feel like Thomas will know before Nyan your Cat. Time? No, of course. It's this one gif of this 8 bit okay. cat um, <laughs> with the rainbow behind it. See, but the wow. thing is, in the old days, Nyan Cat actually predates Jeff's, and it, and it was a YouTube video. With sound. <laughs> it's also like, Which is the why cat we is also a pop song as we were doing that. Yeah, the cat is a pop tart as well. But but I think that that counts. That knowledge I, counts. I, I, it counts, yeah. We're not, yeah, for we're sure. not that old. Um, <laughs> I think we should shout out the fact that these are just normal snakes. Yes. Just Again, like the normal chickens. Regular snakes. Normal chickens. Normal scary chickens. And normal scary snakes. I don't like snakes. Oh, yes. Snakes are terrible. No one should like them. I kind of love a snake. Erica! I really want to touch a snake. Ew! What? No, for real. No. I think it's cool that they don't have legs or arms. They are gross. It's wrong. It's wrong. It goes against nature. I was with Carter the first time I ever saw a snake outside of the Honolulu Zoo. Oh my god. You mean in Florida? We were in Florida. We were in Florida together. Yeah, it was the first time I saw a snake outside the Honolulu Zoo too. And I was like, this is wrong. This should not exist. We were in the Key West. All the good parts of the world don't have snakes. Lodging. (laughs) And we saw a snake. It was terrible. It was so bad. Snakes are snakes are bad. Percy, we, we we sympathize with you. We understand. Yes, we do. He's about to be overrun by the again regular but terrible snakes. I thought about all the plans Annabeth and I had made about college and beyond. I thought about all the things I wanted to tell her. I wish I could at least let her know how much I loved her. Suddenly, I felt lighter on my feet. The pressure eased on my twisted ankle. I was raising the staff so high it was pulling my arm out of its socket, and I asked myself, "Percy, why are you doing that?" I don't know, I answered, because I'm not very helpful when I talk to myself. The snakes watched in fascination as the rainbow grew brighter. I found myself on my tiptoes, desperately trying to keep a grip on Iris's staff. Finally, I realized I wasn't lifting the staff. The staff was lifting me. My first thought was, why? My second thought was, wait a minute. This is a messenger staff. Don't messenger gods fly through the air delivering messages? Just before the staff had started pulling me upward, I'd been thinking about how much I wanted to tell Annabeth I loved her. That was the message. I held on with both hands. Take me to Annabeth, I told the staff. I feel like Rick wrote this book for us. Yeah. There's almost too much person. It's almost too much. When, um, they basic, when Percy basically says love is the message, like the disco song. But apparently before, he hates like, disco. Before flying off through the sky, Diana Ross style on like but a gigantic rainbow. <laughs> it's, it's so sweet. If you would lick it, you would surely get diabetes immediately. <laughs> <laughs> he literally said, it's not the power of friendship, it's just the power of Persimeth. Yes, and the power of love. I completely understand this. The, the, the idea that he's like, I have to deliver this message, and the message has to be delivered like 500 feet away, I understand that. Percy's not that old. That, that's giving Gen Z core. I don't know if it's like Sailor Moon, <laughs> but I do think that the idea of like holding onto a magical staff as it like pulls you into the air and zooms you around is pretty uh, pretty anime. 
Vibes. Sailor Moon did not have a staff. That's Card Captor Sakura. Yeah, I was just thinking about her like shooting up into the sky. But yes, Card Captor Sakura for sure. Card Captor Sakura flew on her staff in yeah. season one. And then season two, she's like, no, I am the most powerful magician ever. I will reinvent flight with wings growing out of my body instead of coming out of the staff. And that is history. Um, <laughs> I think the specific image, I believe it literally is Diana Ross. There's, I have a, such a strong mental image of somebody holding onto like something as it like flies across like a stadium. Oh, I don't know. Diana, Diana Ross, Ross at the stadium end of her perform? Super Bowl performance. Oh no, she got picked up by a helicopter. That's a little bit different. I'm literally Googling Diana Ross scepter. I'm Googling <laughs> Diana Ross flying. Um, <laughs> I think, oh no, I think what I'm thinking of, there's multiple things. Uh, like I know Beyonce at the end of the Renaissance tour also did something similar to this where she's like on Renee, the silver horse from the cover of the Renaissance album, just flying over the stadium as she sings Summer Renaissance. Um, other people have done this, though. I know yeah. I have such a strong mental image. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We love flight. I want to shout out what comes right after this on the bottom of 149. Um, I wondered if I was leaving the snakes with a new religion, if they would tell stories to future generations about the strange rainbow god boy who tripped a lot before returning to the heavens. Or maybe they were just thinking... That kid is really weird. <laughs> I love this because not like 20 pages ago, Grover was like, Percy, reptiles are people too. And Percy clearly <laughs> took that to heart and he's thinking about the future generations. Yeah, cultures and storytelling traditions. Yes. Yeah. Good job, Grover. You won this one. It's an interesting piece on how religion is... Formed? I don't know the... Yeah, formed. That's the word. It's just um, a legend. You see something, you tell somebody other, and through generations and generations of telling the story, um, mm -hmm. it is formed. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. I'm a sucker for any time there's a story. There's a discussion of storytelling within a story. Yeah. Um, Metatextuality is my favorite thing in the world. All right. And then, yeah, and then we get back to Annabeth. Greetings, Earthlings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. when he says that I didn't even notice that's pretty funny that's yes. what he says when he gets back 150 delightful I don't even know how to categorize that I guess it is just corny there's not another way to, to dice that I suppose it is just corny <laughs> yes yes it is I love she's cute when she's startled it doesn't happen very often so I have to enjoy it when it does I have a message for Annabeth Chase I love you it's just corny <laughs> It's just corny, and it's also, yeah, Annabeth did not anticipate this happening. It's like a no. fun moment for us all to learn that there are some things that you just have to empirically verify. Yes, but then three <laughs> seconds later, um, she guesses it, and then the, there's this really nice um, dialogue. Okay, I get it. Messenger stuff. Nice work. Yeah, I totally planned that. You totally had no idea. Just because you're right doesn't mean I don't resent it. I love you too, seaweed brain. Grover cleared his throat. I'm fine, thanks. Love you too, G-Man. <laughs> I am loving Grover third-wheeling content. I yes. have to say. This <laughs> dynamic is so familiar to me, where you're two, like you are in a three-person best friendship, and then two of you start dating, and the third person is still your best friend, but he's always like, what am I supposed to do here? Yes. I'm not going to leave, so you just have to acknowledge me. <laughs> oh. <sighs> and then Percy burps um, colors all the way back home to Manhattan, which is so precious. 
And they're the fun colors too. Yeah. Chartreuse. Chartreuse. <laughs> Guess he's not homophobic after all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Percy knows what Vomiting a maxi skirt is yeah. and what chartreuse is. I know. And he wrote this. Look, I didn't want to be a bisexual. Yeah. Iris <laughs> <laughs> uh, takes Venmo. Okay. This actually gagged me when Percy was like, the next afternoon. I was like, what? The next afternoon? That's so much time that's passed. Like, I'm used to knowing literally what he eats for dinner and what he dreams about every single night. It's so wild that it was like the next afternoon. How chill. I love that for him. Literally, Percy is not dreaming because it's not that deep. Isn't that wild? We're not like beside him in the cavern of the Titan reemergence, <laughs> watching people be like murdered in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> We're just sleeping. He's just going to bed. He just has a, has a good night. So we have to return the staff. The we next afternoon. The staff, which in the meantime is acting sort of like a dog and like trying to attack the mailman. Oh, cute. <laughs> yes, it's just Percy and Annabeth because Grover has to fulfill his commitment to Blanche and be a part of the fashion photo shoot. Work. We love it. Can you please read the description of Grover's photo shoot though? Apparently she was going to dress him in a kilt of withered palm leaves, drape him across a burnt log and photograph him surrounded by dead insects. Work. Yeah. Literally work. <laughs> Good for you. Shoot. Absolute slay. Well, she likes the death after all. Yes. She like, and the death of nature specifically is her yes. line of work. So that fits. Yeah. We have to go yeah. find Iris. And this time she's not at the Lincoln Center Farmer's Market. It's another day. She's up in what Rick calls Lower Harlem, which I definitely think is think like, like the 120s. I think it's like 125th in between like Martin Luther, um, where they oh, have a bunch yeah, yeah, of street yeah. vendors. That's where iris is we return the scepter the staff i keep calling it a scepter iris is like being a little weird about this do, do, do we all clock this yeah um, she, i was she, like damn like this is disappointing the scepter strong emotional response but like it's not just the emotional response she she's being weird she named her staff that's weird they're like yeah and it was cruelty free we did the quest cruelty free and she's like oh yeah yeah cruelty free okay yeah she's a little like distracted scared confused yeah we don't totally understand what's going on but we like follow up and Iris is like, yes, I did ask around. I do have tea. She has a fairly good idea of where the cup is. And it is in Greenwich. How bum, we feel? Bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately was like, okay, so the thief was gay. Oh. Greenwich Village is a historically queer neighborhood for anyone who um, is missing well, that Stonewall. Stonewall yeah. from the Stonewall riots is in Greenwich Village. Have you ever heard of the Village Voice? Nowadays, it's a really, really pricey neighborhood where a lot of uh, NYU Nepo babies might live. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yes. yeah, I assume that Gary, then because of course the name is Gary. So random. Is Gary a random, <laughs> random name? Random dancing. I do think Gary is a random name. Top 10 random names. Really? Yeah. I'm, okay, Next to I'm Bob. A, the thing that I was gagged for here is that he references SpongeBob. Yes. yes! I didn't know that that was like, like I was like, did legal clear that? Is Are we are we above board right now? But clearly, it like it got published. Disney Hyperion printed the copies. SpongeBob should be grateful to have his name on the lips of Percy Jackson. That's I some know. great wow, promotional. Wow, that's really worlds colliding. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I think it also makes a lot of sense because if I would have to say like where my personality was most heavily influenced as a child via media, it would be Percy Jackson and SpongeBob SquarePants. So it only makes sense that Percy okay. himself canonically watched SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, yeah. 
Totally. Mm-hmm. That is his humor. He is more of an absurdist than like a Phineas and Ferb structuralist. That's Annabeth. Annabeth loves Phineas and Ferb. Annabeth yes. loves Phineas and Ferb. Annabeth loves them <laughs> because they Annabeth build Annabeth identifies things. with Phineas. Yeah, they build things. <laughs> they build things. Oh. Wow. Devastating rage. And the blended family? Do you think Annabeth identifies with Candace then? Oh. No. 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 Dun, 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 no. Dun, dun. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're, we're going to go and find Gary, and specifically how we're going to do that is we have some hyper-purified nectar. We're keeping with the chalice theme of it all. Liquid. We have the purest nectar of the chalice, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to track it. We're going to, like, is Once Upon a Time the reference I'm thinking of? Where we, like, pour the little magic on something, and it, like, flies through the air, and we follow it? Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to follow some floating drops of nectar through Greenwich Village and find Gary. Mm-hmm. Gary. Whoa. Drag him. Gag him. <laughs> but of course, say it with me, Carter. All magic comes with a price. Did it? And it's five dollars. Um, cash or Venmo. <laughs> well, that is very cheap. I would take it. I would take it for five dollars. Five dollars cash or Venmo is giving you wanted um a knockoff baseball hat on the side of the Brooklyn Bridge, which is the energy that Iris has right now. I love it for her. I also love that Annabeth carries cash. Yes. Like Annabeth is somebody who plans and has a bag full of delightful antiquities like cash. (laughs) I think one thing that I really need to get your guys' input on is the fact that Percy mentions Annabeth pulls out her purse. And Mm -hmm. I just never would have thought Annabeth would be carrying a purse. A purse? No. Not in a misogynistic way, but just like, I don't see it for her. Do you think she's like a fanny pack girly? My belief was always that she like has an adventure backpack. Like a backpack that you can wear for hiking, which is ergonomical structured, which is very practical, where you can um, lift lots of heavy stuff with. Um, So I thought that would be practical and um, Annabeth is all practical. Yes, I would see her like if she doesn't have her questing backpack and they're just going out for, you know, like to go meet up with Iris, I would bet one of three things. One of them would be fanny pack, crossbody fanny pack, which I do Mm -hmm. think Percy would see and refer to as purse. So I think that that could still be canon. Like you think if she had like a man purse, like a tote, a satchel, crossbody, it would be purse. Yeah, he would call it a purse. He may know what a maxi dress is, but he apparently doesn't know what a crossbody fanny pack is. Or a tote bag, bookstore tote bag. I could picture her with one of those, do you remember what Alexandra Pear would have? Where it's like kind of a purse, but like there's one compartment and it's basically just like a very nice tote bag. I could see that for her, but also I was going to say like a mini backpack, you know, like a mini Fjall Robin. Yes! It's something yes, cute. Yes, it's a mini backpack. Exactly. Mini backpack where it's like, it's like a little purse, but it's also still a backpack. Yes. It's like a fun color. Because you never know but, when you're going to um, need to climb something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, Thomas? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you can't go climbing with a tote bag. No, hey. you can't. But you can't never, also really never go say climbing never. with a backpack. That's also unpractical. It's true. it's true. You could diagonalize that tote bag. You could turn, you, you know, crossbody in an emergency, the tote bag. But I do and think for someone who is prepared for every emergency, she's going to have something that like zips up fully and can like be secured to her person, you know? Yeah, I think that's right. Thank you for this this discussion. Purse I feel better now. Though. Like I think she could I could see her having like a like a big ass, like bulky, firm leather purse. Mm. Giving New York Design School senior. Yes. Yeah, something sculptural. <laughs> yeah. And, um, oh, that's cool. That could like fit a laptop in it. 
Yeah, that's true. Yes. She has to have her laptop. Well, not anymore. She lost yeah. it in Tartarus. Different laptop. Now New she just laptop. has a an heir or something. <laughs> <sighs> well, Percy is a little scared about this, but he looks over at Annabeth's face, you know, and realizes that this is all about going to college together and he will stop at nothing to go to college with Annabeth. Iris yes. says you have to succeed. Otherwise... You die. <laughs> and that's where chapter 20 ends. That's where chapter 20 ends, yes. Which means, Thomas, there's a very important question we have to ask you. Evidence today being presented. Do you believe that Persebeth is the greatest love story ever told? Of course. What other love story can even compare to this masterpiece? Like, it's not <laughs> even a question for me. Um, it's the highest pairing possible on the planet, and nothing ever can outreach that. Spoken like a true stan. Thank you <laughs> so much, Thomas, for joining us today, all the way from after school in Germany. Please share with us where people can find you on social media, and if you have anything else you'd like to promote. Um, you can find me on Instagram at to.ma.567. And that's basically all social media I have. Please go listen to J.Maya's songs. She Aww. writes perfect songs about um, Greek mythology, um, about Percy Jackson. A she little just bit. ended her run on Survivor. Congratulations. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> she was on Survivor 45 and she's great. So check her out. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much, Thomas. Um, when we come back next week, um, we will dive right back in to go visit Gary. So stick around, everybody. Bye, all. Bye. <laughs>